Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition, Believe in Betting. And I have to tell you, this week, um, you know, a lot of things are going on. Major League Baseball Players Union conversation we can have. Uh, we can have a conversation about Russell Wilson and what's going on with him and uh, kind of pulling himself off of social media. And is this going to be the week of Aaron Rodgers? Lots of stuff in the NHL. The Maple Leafs are red hot. Mitch Marner, guy that we've talked about many times on here, went absolutely ballistic this week. Yeah, sure, that's all good stuff. The NBA is back. LeBron's crying and whining, screaming at fans. Don't worry, LeBron. We remember you told us to remember. Yeah, all of that <laughs> we can talk about um, and get into. But look, we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we separated the sports betting world away from the sports world. And the sports world this weekend really has to revolve around Coach K. Look, March Madness is here, and some conference, small conferences are starting their tournaments. That's all good conversation, and we're all looking at our brackets and what our brackets eventually will be. Oh, yeah, that's good conversation. And all of that is is there, and you can say, okay, you know, we could find reasons why we like each one of these things and we could talk about it. But this is Coach K's final game. And it's his final game at home against North Carolina, the biggest rivalry in college basketball history. But what adds to it in the big realm of things here for us, and especially for me, is that Duke has a legitimate shot at the national championship this year. This past weekend that we just had, the top six teams, one, two, three, four, five, and six, all went down. And the number seven team was Duke, who got a 25-point win on the road in Syracuse. Now, I know that the ACC is a down league this year. It's still an impressive win. So you start to ask yourself about Duke, and, and you start to see values. Look, I don't love the value on Duke overall to win the championship. I wouldn't talk to are you down from it. You know, I just think that this is one of those years where it's absolutely wild. I think this is one of those years where we're going to see complete turmoil and Duke is certainly able to uh, overcome that turmoil in some spots. But I also think that they're not a great bet for that. If you really want to get into where I see you can make some money on Duke, first of all, I think Saturday's line is going to be probably elevated. I still can't see a way that Duke loses that game. Uh, it, do they cover, you know, a double-digit line or something like that? I don't know. UNC's been playing really well. They've been playing really well. They've been playing close. I think that you probably have to take Duke with the emotion and the Cameron crazies and everything that's going on. But what I do like about Duke this year, if you're looking for something, if you're looking for some reason to take them, well, how about the ACC championship? All of the championship odds came out, Circus Sports put it out, and Duke, depending on where you're looking, minus 125, minus 110, I've seen it as far as to win the ACC championship, the conference championship tournament. And plus 700 is Wake Forest behind them, and plus about 750 is UNC behind them. So it's a giant disparity. Look, you can talk to me about value and how you're not getting value, and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to tell you, but Duke is the best team in the ACC and a down ACC. So I wanted to talk about Duke, kind of give you guys a bet where I'm looking. I think that Duke does win that, and I think that Duke gets a number one overall seed. I think eventually they, they get that number one overall seed. Do they win it all? I'm not sure, but I think it's a tremendous story that it is Coach K's last season as you see the elevation. So what I did was I called my buddy uh, Ian O'Connor, who has been on the show many times before. He just wrote a brand new book. All right, let's take a listen to that interview. All right, guys, welcome back. 
Tom Barton here, and we are going to bring on our special guest. We've had him on the show before, and, and always a fantastic spot that he has. A New York Post sports columnist, author of three New York Times bestsellers, and now his new book comes out, Coach K, The Rise and Reign of Mike Krzyzewski. And, and it's funny because it's so funny. It's, nobody calls him the full name anymore. They just don't. I don't know if they ever did. It's always just Coach K, and the book has just Coach K uh, in the beautiful Duke lettering on top. Got to welcome aboard Ian O'Connor. Ian, how are you doing today? Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It, it, you know, it is kind of funny that nobody nobody says his name, and it's not really necessarily that hard to say. It's just really hard to spell, but nobody says his name. He's just Coach K. There are just some guys you know, that just kind of just become that. I mean, we're not talking like Prince one name, but it is just Coach K because so many people think it's just hard to say where it's really just hard to spell. I mean, <laughs> that's the funny thing. That's why I love your book with just Coach K right across the top. Well, thanks. And uh, his first press conference at Duke in 1980, he spelled his name for reporters in that in that presser. And it's, it's amazing that all these years later, the court is named after him after he had to spell his name at the start. And yeah, Coach K is a whole lot easier, I guess, than trying to figure that out. And Krzyzewski is not that hard to pronounce, and particularly after 42 years at Duke and being the overlord, if you will, of the, of the best uh, college program in America for the most part, for the better part of, what, three decades or so. I, I think that he's a guy now who's globally recognizable. And I don't know if college sports will ever be the same without him. His last game, obviously, this Saturday uh, at Duke against North Carolina, and college basketball in particular is so transient now. There's so much change and chaos in the transfer portal. You, you basically have free agency now in college basketball. And I don't know if we'll ever see somebody stay at one university ever again as long as he has. And it's been an amazing run without question. Yeah, absolutely. Never jumped ship, um, never looked anywhere else. And that's easy to say now with what the Duke program is now. But think about what it once was and, you know, his loyalty and the, the way that he's gone about things. Just unbelievable. Talk to me about the book. You know, did you automatically say, OK, Coach K is retiring. I, I got to write this book about him. Or was this something that you wanted to do for years in advance and kind of just kind of bubbled to the surface? Perfect timing. Well, I started working on this more than two years ago. So I knew he was nearing the end of his career because of his age. But I didn't know when he would retire, so we caught a little bit of a lucky break that he decided to coach, uh, not just stop when he announced it, but coach one last season, coinciding with the release of my book last week. So I got a little bit of a lucky bounce on that one. But listen, to, really the first seed of this book, I have to say, was 30 years ago. I was there in the Philadelphia Spectrum for probably the greatest shot in the history of college basketball. Christian Leitner shot to beat Kentucky in the Final Eight, the Elite Eight, and and so I remember as soon as that shot went in, I was sitting courtside and looking at Krzyzewski, and he had a white towel in his hand, and he spiked it like a football in the end zone. And afterward, I asked him, what did he say to his team? And this is in the press conference. What did he say to his team in the final huddle? With 2.1 seconds left, they had to go the full length of the court down one in overtime. He said, we're going to win the game. We will win this game. And his players were already thinking about vacation, going to the beach, playing golf. They thought it was over. They thought they had lost. And Grant Hill made the perfect pass to Leitner, who made the perfect shot, strangely enough. Leitner was 10 for 10 from the floor in that game, 10 for 10 from the line, and 1 for 1 from three-point range. So it took the perfect player to win the perfect game. And so that was probably the first night I thought, I'm pretty fascinated by this guy. In this. And it only took me 30 years to finally get around to, to writing the book. But 
hopefully I, I pulled off the definitive account of, of really what has been a great American life. No, I used to live in the Triangle, and we're on the phone with uh, Ian O'Connor. I used to live in the Triangle down there in North Carolina for uh, about four years, and you do get interesting conversations. And one of the ones that I've talked to many, many Duke fans about, and even the Duke media down there, was that is the iconic moment, the iconic team. But Coach K, what they love about Coach K is he doesn't always win with the best teams. You know, you ask people that about their best teams. They sometimes don't name championship teams. I think this year has a lot of that going on. It's a very good team. And you know what? I could argue, and I just talked about it in the last segment, they may be the best team in the country, but I don't think it would be considered one of Coach K's best teams. But it seems like the Duke fan base love that. They love that he takes a team that's good, not great, and wins with that kind of group. Do you see the same feel this year? I think, uh, well, I, I, as soon as you started talking about that, Tom, I, I flashed back to the 2010 team with John Shire, who's the next head coach, of course. He was on that team. That was not Brian Zubek. That was not an overly talented team, and he won the national title with it. It might have been his best job or certainly one of his best jobs, and, and arguably his most talented team in 99, a team that almost went 39-0, and lost to UConn in the final that was an incredibly talented team. And so you never know with these things. And I, looking at the Blue Devils this year, I thought they were great early. I was there in Madison Square Garden opening night. They beat Kentucky, watched them on TV, beat Gonzaga. And I thought this is a national championship-type team. Then they hit COVID. They were out for two weeks. And I don't think they've been the same ever since. Now, you know, last night they, they beat Syracuse by 25 on the road. They've been good lately. I think it's a very good team that's not great. And if Palo, Palo Bancaro is the key, he has to be aggressive more often than he has been for most of the season. He is, he's going to be a top NBA draft pick, no question. He's got an awful lot of ability. But there are periods of the game where he sometimes just disappears. So he needs to impose his will on the entire game through the NCAA tournament. If he does that, they have a chance to win the whole thing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're right there. And, you know, like I said, six teams lost the first time ever. One, two, three, four, five, and six lost this, this Saturday. And the right. seventh team in the country won by 25 on the road. <laughs> you know? Um, That's pretty and, good. That's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that Duke is a product this year of a down ACC? My entire career, it's been the ACC's dominating. They're amazing. And now you look at it and you go, eh, you know, Florida State's down. Virginia's down. Uh, Miami's down. Virginia Tech's down. UNC is down. Is it? Are they a product of just a weaker ACC than we're used to? A little bit, Tom. And Syracuse is also down. And so last night, yeah, great win, 25 points on the road. But, but that's not a typical Syracuse team. So it's going to be interesting to see when they come out of the ACC tournament and, and go into the NCAA, how they respond. I, I do think they're good enough to win the whole thing. They have an awful lot of talent. It's very young talent. And, you know, if they run into the wrong veteran team, you look at a team, I don't know, some of these older teams, Gonzaga, you look at, although they beat Gonzaga, but it's a a different season now. You look at a Providence, a very old, experienced team, and sometimes that matters in the NCAA tournament. So so Duke's, Duke's got the ability to do it. You wish they had a little more experience. But the emotion of playing for Coach K in his final season, remember, John Wooden's UCLA team, his last one, they won the national title for him. They didn't play the whole season knowing it was his last year. If I remember correctly, Wooden didn't announce that until the Final Four. But they won it for him, and I think that could be a very powerful force 
in Duke's favor. Those players are not going going to want to send him out on a on a loss in a sudden death game in March. So it's possible that emotion could carry Coach K to ring number six. We're on the phone with Ian O'Connor. Go check out his new book, Coach K, The Rise and Reign of, I'm just going to say Coach K. <laughs> Because I know everybody wants it, even though you can't. I I love it in in Duke. They go, you can't have a a W without uh, putting the W in Coach K's name, right? I mean, that's the win. What is the final word, uh, Ian? How is is history going to look at Coach K? Is it just simply a great winner? Is it the best basketball coach of all time? Uh, What are we going to look back in 10, 15, 20 years and talk about Coach K? Some people would certainly put John Wooden ahead of him, 10 national championships to five. I'd argue that and say Coach K has won 531 more games than John Wood. That's a lot of extra wins. And durability matters to me when you measure legacies, and I think Coach K did it in a much more difficult era to be dominant. There's more parity, much more parity in college basketball now. John Wooden had a monopoly on high school talent. And so I I would say Krzyzewski won Wooden 1A. A lot of people would argue that point. And I think he was a, a great leader, a great motivator, a great source of inspiration for his young athletes. I, I, he wasn't the greatest strategist ever, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But just a guy who was put on this planet to lead young people and to win basketball games, and that's exactly what he did. And that's why he won nearly 1,200 of them so far and uh, possibly a sixth national title to come. But, yeah, I, I think the greatest winner in the history of college basketball, that's a hell of a legacy, and I think that's exactly what it is for him. Absolutely. Great, great way to end it off. Thank you so much for all your time. That's Ian O'Connor. Go check out his new book, Coach K. And I have to tell you guys, I've always leaned, you know, the UNC side. I've always leaned the Tar Heel side. I can't call myself a full Tar Heels fan. I've always leaned that side. But there's always something about Coach K that made me respect him, the way that he handled things. I know he could be a villain and everything else. That wanted, people want to say, look, the guy just wins. And that, that's what I'm looking at with this year. And we start to look at this team. I love the fact that Ian brought that up, that the emotion of winning for Coach K in his final year. This game coming up against UNC at home, I mean, I don't think that, that North Carolina is going to have a prayer. I mean, I really don't. I think that this is one of those already written kind of games. And you're starting to get into the NCAA tournament. And I wonder how, uh, you know, people are going to start to look at this Duke team because they've been a little underrated this year. They've had their bumps. Maybe they're a product of the ACC. But once the emotion starts, are people going to start jumping on this Duke bandwagon? Are the lines going to show us that they're jumping on the Duke bandwagon? That's something interesting to watch. It's something I'll be paying attention to. I think that they, uh, that look, I think that they are exactly where they should be. They're a top 10 team. I'm not sure yet if they could beat the big boys on a consistent basis. I think that we could chalk this team up right now to go to the Elite Eight. And then it's, uh, okay, who are they going to match up against? They have good matchup problems, uh, uh, on some ends of the court and here and there. But yeah, this is a an unfinished product. I wonder how much the emotion will carry them. I love the fact that Ian said it because I think it can carry them. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.